Amen, amen, amen. Are you excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Yes, that's a few of you. A few of you. Well, I'm excited about um, uh, going into, I guess this is what, week three? Week three, four? Four, four, I don't even, I'm losing track. And so, uh, but uh, uh, here we are in uh, this series that we had started. Uh, I'm, uh, it's actually week four. Um, and so, uh, but just uh, before we do that, we're going to be dismissing our middle school Bible study. Sixth, seventh, and eighth graders at this time, go ahead and um, uh, go ahead and be dismissed at this time. And uh, I want to say thank you guys for for being here this morning. And I just uh, of all the messages of all the uh, the last three four weeks, today is going to be challenging. Today is going to be the one that you're going to be like, ooh. I wish my dog was sick, or I wish my dog was, uh, you know, I wish my cat was sick, or I wish my, I wish I had a hamster, or I wish I, you know, I wish I wasn't here this morning, you know, uh, because this is going to be the one that's going to be challenging. This is going to be one that I believe that every single one of us needs to hear with a, not just our natural ears, but with our spiritual ears as well, because this is the reason why some individuals are stuck where they are. And so, but before we get there, that's a great intro, isn't it? All right, and so before we get there, right, this series on family, we're talking about, you know, uh, essentials to fixing, uh, you know, what may be cracked or broken within our family. Things that, that, that are, that, you know, we can look at throughout the history of our family and look and say, okay, this is broken. This is cracked. This needs attention. And so, you know, because, you know, and if we just focus, take a little extra Lean in a little bit and focus a little extra on it, on some of these things, there will be change. There will be change that, that, that actually changes not just the now, but changes the future, changes the legacy that we leave with our, with our current family and also the family that is to, is to take place after we're long and gone. And so... Uh, because we see, uh, you know, just to recap, we see, you know, uh, uh, a lot of us, a lot of people today look at social media. They look at um, uh, a reality TV and they, they see these things. They see these, these quote-unquote families. And they wish they were like them, but they only realize, if you just realize, if people just realize that that's just what it is, it's a TV show. It's a scripted TV show made to bring ratings in. And so if we understand that, we know, we see that, we look at Instagram, you know, and we see the best of people's lives. For the majority of the time, we see Facebook, it's the best of people's lives. It's their filtered images of people's lives. And so, you know, uh, if we just really understand that, we, we look at and see some essential tools Right, we see that if we just look at every single, every single family, has small problems. Maybe they have big problems. Maybe they have uh, uh, giant gunda problems, medium problems, right? And so, uh, Proverbs. This is where we springboard. Proverbs chapter twenty-four, verse three. Right? It takes wisdom. Look at your neighbor. Say wisdom. It takes wisdom to have a good family, and 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 it takes understanding. To make it strong. It takes wisdom to have a good family. It doesn't take money to have a good family. That's not what it takes to have a good family. It doesn't take boats or cars or, 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 or airplanes, right? It doesn't, have, it doesn't, it doesn't take, uh, 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 you know, the best wardrobe. You know, it doesn't take any of that stuff, right? It doesn't, it doesn't take what you think it needs in the natural, the right shoes. Oh, if I just had those J's, it would be okay. You know, no, it doesn't. You know, if I just had, you know, these certain specific glasses, if I had this specific car, if I had that house, if I had that friend, oh, if I had that husband, he, it would just, my life would be perfect. No, it says, right, right here in the Word of God in Proverbs, right, it takes wisdom to have a good family. And it takes understanding to make it strong. And so, understanding. We have to understand, we have to realize that our families go through, individuals, including ourselves, 
you know what, we just, there's seasons in our life. The Bible talks about, it, you know, there's seasons. And so we have to, you know what, be there for each other in those low seasons. It's easy to be with somebody. It's easy to be with a family member when they're in the best. It's when they're, they're walking through the, 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 the fullness and they're just, you know, everyone's, you know, everything's happy, everything's go lucky, everything's just going, go, 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 happy, happy, happy. It's good. It's, it's easy to be with those individuals with them during that time. But when they're going through the challenging time, the rough time, that's when it really, that's when they need family members. That's when they need us the most. That's when they need you the most. Not to have, you know, not to, to, to nitpick, not to, 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 to just, you know, just grill and, and just always be, on, always be on them. It takes understanding. And the only understanding, the only way to have true understanding where a father or a mother or a guardian doesn't overparent is by the understanding through the Holy Spirit. It's called supernatural parenting. When to say something and when not to say something. It's the truth. And so many of us, myself included, have made so many mistakes. That when is it, when is it, when is it, when is it the time that we finally just learn? Instead of, you know, making that, you know, that the definition, like Pastor Kathy mentioned last week, the definition of insanity. Right? It's doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. And yet, well, we make the excuses, this is just the way I am. No, you were created to be more than that. No, it's not just the way you are. It's the way you're allowing yourself to be, to allow your flesh to do what it wants to do. Instead of having some understanding for yourself to say, Okay, I'm going through this. I want to grow. I want to mature. I want to grow the things of God. Because that's a heart that's that's a heart that God can work with. Because that's a heart that's in surrenderance to him. That's when they say when 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 a person says, "Not my way, but your way." When we surrender all, that's where it puts us in a position to really, really grow in the things of God. And so it takes wisdom to have a good family. It takes understanding to make it strong. And we can look. We can look. Right? It takes, it takes wise choices and it takes understanding in the seasons of life. We can look at, at, at bad decisions. We can look at habits. We can look at things that need to be fixed. That, and we can, they, every single one of those things can be backtracked to begin, starting with a bad decision. By, by, by ourselves or somebody else. But it started with a bad decision. So go just, just recapping quickly to get where we're going to go. Number one, we talked about what the first essential tool was authentic faith. You must have authentic faith. This doesn't go anywhere. Your family will never go anywhere except repeating the same thing generation to generation to generation unless you have authentic faith. A daily, what's authentic faith? Authentic faith is a daily relationship with God. It's not just a, a relationship with God that goes from Sunday to Sunday. Or Sunday to whenever there's a men's meeting. Or Sunday to whenever there's a women's meeting. Or Sunday to whenever there's a small group. Uh, or Sunday to whenever there's a 707. No, it's a daily, daily, minute by minute relationship with God. That God is involved in everything. It's not a religion. It's a relationship with the creator of all the universe. That's what authentic faith is. Because if you are not, if you don't have authentic faith, if you're not passionate about the things of God, if you don't have a relationship with God that is every single day, it'll be easy to get swayed by the world. It'll, get, it'll be easy to be swayed by, by modern day traditions and customs. And say, oh, well, the Bible is old. And, and, and that's not the way it is today. 
Because you will begin to start thinking. Because culture says it should be this way. When the word of God says, no, it should be God's way. And we can allow culture to get us off track. But what doesn't get us, but what will stop that? A daily relationship with God. And that's where so much, I mean, you, can, you cannot have any change in your life without a daily relationship with God. Substantial change. It's the truth. Substantial change causes us to grow in our relationship with God. We can have moments where the love of God hits us or moments where the love of God hits the person next to us and we get to splash over. But when we walk out the door the next day, the devil's going to be right back at you. And he's going to be knocking, and they're telling you this, telling you that, getting on your case, working whatever little faith you have until it's nothing. And you're back to square one again. And then really drowning in the sincere milk of the word. Instead of chewing on the meat of God, the word of God, where you're truly growing. Some of us, I mean, if we had a, a like one of those little um, these um, x-ray glasses that we could see what our spirit man looks like, how many of us would be, man, we're like been in the church for 20, 25 years, seven years, 10 years, and I'm a mighty woman, I'm a mighty man of God. And but then when we look at it, we took those, take those glasses on and we look and we see and you're, it just looks like a giant, a giant 25-year-old walking around with diapers on. That's a rough image. But the thought pattern is, he said, but that's rough to think about. Imagine what God thinks about when he looks at that. Like, oh, my gosh, that's my, that's my daughter, that's my child. And they, they, should be, they should be growing in the things of God, but in the things that I have for them. That's what a daily relationship causes us to have, it, we, it, we grow. And then not only when we learn things, right, we, we hold on to them. We retain them. We build, God builds upon them. And so that's why an authentic relationship with God is so important. An, an authentic relationship with God, right, is, you know, it's coming to church. Even when you don't have to. But what do you mean I don't have to? I'm not looking around, but I was raised I was raised in, you know, a Catholic. And I'm like, I love, I'm not saying anything about Catholics. But you know what? I remember I went to church not for God because I did bad and I wanted to feel better. So I'd go in there and say my da-da-da and everything else and novenas and the Hail Marys and everything. And I walked out and I went only to go do everything all over again. That's not what, that's not what we live. We live a life, and we come into this place. We don't come in here to get. We get to a point where we come in here to give. But that, that you, you're not having the coax to come to church. You can't wait to come to church. That's a byproduct of an authentic faith. That's a byproduct of, of, of you know, uh, of having a relationship with, a daily relationship with God. Because it's, uh, what can I give? Well, you know, I, I, I want God to use me, right? So uh, uh, come in the church, reading your Bible, reading, you know, it's a, it's a byproduct of a daily relationship with God. Praying is a byproduct of a daily relationship with God. Uh, you know, those things are important for a child of God. And so that's just the first one, authentic faith. Uh, moving on, the second one, you know, uh, that we talked about, um, about uh, having the, the essential, right? The essential uh, authentic faith um, is also we want to make sure that we aren't just a Christian family, Right? We are a Christ-centered home. It's a big difference, major difference, right? Instead of just we're just a Christian family, because everybody says they're a Christian. Everybody, be when they when they win their Grammy or when they win their Oscar, they always say they're a Christian and they thank God. I don't know whose God they're thanking, but they're thanking God, right? And so here we are. It's like, oh well, guess what? Uh, it's it's having. Being a Christ-centered home is way different. Everything is filtered through a relationship with God. It's true. 
It's true. And I'll show you, right? I'll show you, I'll show you the, the, the graph because it's so important, right? The graph of, of where Jesus is just, you know, we just splash Jesus here and there, right? This is the big difference. Like, there's Jesus. He's a part of our life. Well, we splash him into our home. We splash him into our social lives. Splash him into our extended family. Splash him into our, our, our extended family, right? Uh, our business relations, and our work. But see, the true way of things, the way God created us to be is having Jesus in the center of it all. That everything that we do, he affects. Every decision, every, every concept, everything, every aspect of our life. That Jesus is in the center of it. Jesus is at the center with the way we socialize, what we do at work, how we are with extended family, how we are with our business relationship, how we are at home. Because if Jesus was in, if Jesus is in our, 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 works, our work life, there would be no way any guy or woman could have an affair or think about somebody else because it's, it's all about God. Jesus is involved. I mean, this is where the really, we, we spare a whole lot. This is where we don't get tempted to, to go out and, and oh, well, everyone's going to go out to work and go drinking. Well, Jesus is involved. Well, no, Jesus is every aspect of our life. No, no, thank you. I appreciate it, but no, no thanks. I mean, it, it, that's where Jesus, by, by our relationship with God, all of a sudden is a byproduct of that. Is what we have, we're byproducts of those things. Or we, don't, we don't want to hinder that relationship with God. Because he is, Jesus is at the center of it all. And we talked about moving, moving further down is intentional schedules. And the reason why I'm going over these things is I do see some people that haven't been here. So that's why it's important. Uh, and can we go on the same, same page? So if you're sitting there like, oh, this is, oh, I've heard this. Well, praise the Lord. It's by hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. So be nice and let's just keep going. Get over yourself. It's all good. All right. Number three, intentional schedules. Intentional schedules. Right. Uh, we talked about uh, fixing any problem, uh, uh, you know, in our families, having intentional schedules. Psalms 39 verse 6, it says, we're merely moving shadows and all our busy rushing ends in nothing. The Word of God is saying everything. Right here, it's like, you know what? You know, we have to be intentional. You know, just because you're, uh, uh, you're, uh, you're busy doesn't make you spiritual. There's people in the house or people within the sound of my voice. There's people in the world that they can't stop moving. They can't stop doing. When, some, when the very, very best thing for them is to stop The question is, why won't those individuals stop? What are they so nervous about stopping for? Maybe it's God just wants to get their attention, but they just keep going and going and going. What, what void are they trying to fill? Someone that just constantly has to be busy and doesn't know how to pull back. I'm not talking about individuals that, that, that are busy and they know how to pull back. There are people that, that are busy and they know, how to, they know how to pull back. They know when to, pull, to do that. Well, I'm not talking about those individuals. But, you know, is it intentional schedules, intentional schedules. And, 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 and those are so important, making a priority to schedule yourself, schedule your family, right, and I have to move on. Uh, the fourth thing was discovering your purpose, right. Discovering your purpose is so important, which lands us. Right, lands is where we need to be right now. Acts chapter 20, verse 24. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only, Paul's talking about my only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task, what's the task? The task of testifying the good news of God's grace. Right? And so this is what Paul is communicating here in this scripture, and which lead us to, lead us to. Something I want to I want to challenge everybody and my myself included with this is that you know uh, um, our words are either killing something or they're bringing something to life. 
our words within our homes are either killing something or bringing something to life. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29 says, do not let any unwholesome talk, unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only, but only, but only, but only what is helpful, only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Isn't it interesting, church? The original language of this, the word unwholesome is where we get the word garbage from. In the original language is where we get the word from unwholesome is where we get the word garbage. And we know garbage has no nutritional value. Because it's, it has no, no nutritional value because it's rid of all its original form. And Paul is saying here in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29 that let no words come out of our mouths that have no nutritional value. Our words need to bring value to our family. Our words need to bring value to our kids. Our words need to bring value to our spouses. Very quiet. It's the truth anyways. Mom, dad, guardian, single parent, right? You are anointed by God, your creator, to call out special gifts in your spouse and in your children and those who live in your home. You are anointed to see what God sees, see the unseen, that they don't see it. But God sees it. But you are the head of the, head of the house homes. You are anointed to see it. That will start fixing, start fixing some of the challenges within our families for sure. Prophesying over those within your home. Instead of calling out what you don't have. I started, I said, <laughs> we need to watch our words that we speak in our homes. And, and I'm not talking about, you know, uh, um, you know, letting anyone get away with anything. And that's not what I'm saying. That's, there's, there needs to be a balance. But I'm talking about honestly speaking life and not death. Speaking life and not death over your, your children. Speak even when it's just an ugly season. You're speaking life. In, in front of them. And even behind closed doors, doesn't mean that you're not. Doesn't mean you're not talking out solutions with your spouse behind closed doors. It does, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about your. You know, this is what's going on. But this is what the Word of God says about it. You see the difference. So important. Do not let any unwholesome. Don't let any garbage come out of your mouth. Can we say it like that? <laughs> Do not let any garbage come out of our mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up. According to their needs. I'm, I'm, I'm breaking it down so that you chew on each phrase. Right? Don't let any garbage come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful. So we'll stop right there. Is the is what we're what's coming out of our mouth? Is it is it garbage or is it nutrients? Right? And then it breaks it down even further. But only what is helpful. Helpful for what? For building others up according to their needs, not your needs. Do you see that we're talking about a, a, a mentality, a perception of supernatural parenting here? Or even supernatural uh, relationships when it comes to the home, the marital relationships. 
that, you know what, your husbands, wives, come on, man, Kathy and I, Pastor Kathy and I have lived it. There's times, there's seasons in my life where, man, she's just way much stronger than me because I'm just in an in in area. And then there's times where it's vice versa. But we've been there for each other back and forth time and time and time again. And so it's not always just about the guy. It's not always just all about the girl. But I tell you what, it's working together as a married couple, husband and wife, together being the example, the best example that you could possibly be for your family to show what your children should be looking for when one day they get married and they have a family of themselves. I'm not saying being perfect because I tell you what, walk in our house, I tell you what, we're not perfect. Right? I'm not perfect. She's close to it. But I'm, we're not, I'm not perfect. It's the truth. But I'm talking, it's like, it's, it's, like, it's a different mentality here. When it's like, man, begin to start prophesying over your kids. And I tell you what, I know I'm not the typical guy. I, 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 I'll tell you, straight up, right? You look at my hair, I'm not a typical guy, okay? I know, I mean, it's the truth. I, you know, I don't know, I don't see too many other guys in here. There's a couple that, you know, have uh, long hair, but it's, I'm saying it's wrong. I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying that some people don't have any hair, you know, and... and and you know what? That's a choice, Angela, right? That's a choice, right? <laughs> and it looks good, too. <laughs> but the thing is, thing is, you know what? I am not your, I'm being honest. I'm being transparent. And I know I'm opening myself up to a tremendous amount of darts, but it's okay. You're not going to find me enjoying myself in the woods. Okay? I'm not, I'm not a woodsman. Okay? You're not, you know, I'm, you're not going to find me, you know, let's get all muddied up and let's just go, ah, you know, that's not, you know, I'm not, I love watching Predator, but I'm not going to live it. You know, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, running through there trying to hunt something down. I'm okay with going to Publix and buying it, <laughs> okay? I'm okay with that. I really, really, really am. But regardless, the reason why I said that is like, guys have the hardest time overall, was saying sweet things, nice things. Not every, not every guy, but guys seem to be challenged with that because, oh, my dad didn't do that. You know, you know whereas he's a tough guy. You know, like, you know, we, you know we, I changed the oil in my underwear. You know, I'm, I'm, like, well, I'm a man, you know. Not really. <laughs> Your father may have done that. But let me tell you something. Back then, wives didn't have to, they didn't say anything back then. But now they do. You know, get your holy underwear back in there. And I don't mean like, you know, H-O-L-Y holy, okay? So go back in there and do what you The thing is, like, guys, dads, you guys get, we got to get to a place where it's okay for you to sit down and tell your wife, tell your kids what you see about them and how much you love them. And there's nothing wrong with that. I do. I, I, I don't care. I, I, I don't have any problem with that. And even when it doesn't, you got to get to a point where it's, you're doing it for the right reason. How many of us remember, those of us that were dating, maybe married couples, right? You remember, go back to the dating days when you were like, oh, I love you, Right? And, and even that tone means that you're waiting for, I love you too, right? You're like, I love you. Because, you know, even when, think about when your kids are kids, little, I love you. You're waiting for the, I love you too, you know. And, but, and, 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 but I'll tell you, you gotta, you, you've got to speak life for the right reasons. You speak life for them according to their needs, not your needs. Because if you're just saying something over them because you want something in return, you're, you're, you're not doing it for the right reasons. And therefore, you're going to get, you're not going to like it. Because you're not going to, you're thinking you're going to get something reciprocal. And it's not. You're not. But you're doing it for their needs regardless whether they respond or not. I've had family members in my lifetime 
that I have said something to, and they just, thank you, and they just respond. So we respond. Nothing back. And that's okay. As long as I did what I was supposed to. As long as I did what I felt my heart to do. Regardless whether I got anything back. And then, especially when it comes to your kids, I'm, 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 I think it's very powerful to speak into the lives of your children. Right? There's always, I mean, I get into these modes. I, I really do believe they're, they're Holy Ghost moments. I love, um, all my life I've always believed in the thing called defining moments. Like my defining moment is when I first received Jesus you know, at a church in Ormond, you know, underneath Benny Hinn. Benny Hinn was there many, many, many years ago as an 11, 12-year-old boy. And then I had another defining moment when I rededicated my life. Those are like two major defining moments in my life. If you look back, I'm sure you will have at least one or two. If you're sitting in here and you've had a relationship with Jesus, a defining moment where your life changed forever from that moment. That's. But I love, um, Darlene gave me a book that I'm just reading now. It's called Holy Moments. Because we may have one or two defining moments in our lives but we should have so many holy moments. I'm like, ooh, I love that. And, and, and these holy moments that I'm recognizing that's what they were, rise up. Where I just, I'll, I'll just, I, and I'm a texter. I don't have any problem with, with telling my kids this personally, face to face, and I do that. But I, one thing I love about the text aspect of it is they get to go back and see it all the time. They get to go back and they can save it. They can screenshot it. And, and just speaking life over them, how much I believe in them, how much I love them, how much I care for them. And I could look back myself because I'll do it one-on-one. And I, I, I don't care. If I, I, I've done it many, many, many times. I'm not saying this to brag on me. Pastor Kathy's done this. I'm not saying this about that. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that these holy moments that we need to take and invest into, speak over, prophesy over the things that you see over your family, over your children, over your spouse. And guys in particular seem to struggle with it. But I know that once you do that, because doing it for the right reasons, it's just like when Jesus... You know, people always say, you know, quote, oh, Jesus hung out with the sinners. Absolutely he hung out with the sinners, right? He hung out with the sinners, um, but not for him. It's not, you know, not because he had nothing else to do on a Friday night, right? You know, he hung out with sinners simply for them. For them. Why do you think that never, whenever these big major moments in the word of God, after these things he always went away by himself. I believe that he just gave all he could give. Because it was all about them. It was nothing to do with him. It had nothing to do with his needs. All about them. And that he just needed to get filled up by the Father. When you're doing it for their needs, according to what we just read, right? Ephesians chapter 4. It's helpful for building others up according to their needs. And, and here's the crazy thing. This scripture is about people, period. Not just our families. If we can't do this with our own families, we will not be able to do this outside the walls of our homes. And that's why this is so important. It's so important for us to hear. Because sarcasm, it doesn't have a place in the home. Well, that's the way I was raised. Well, raise yourself another way. Bottom line is quit making excuses. I lived in a sarcastic home for a long time. It took a lot of time. A lot. Sometimes I'll revert to that. And I have to get, oh, I said, Holy Ghost. And I don't mean Pastor Kathy, but I said, Holy Ghost, correct me. And if I'm not listening, guess what? Pastor Kathy will tell, Holy Ghost will tell her, hey, you need to get on him. Because, you know, I lived in a sarcastic home. You know, because it was a way to get your word. It was where they, my kids call it sneak disses. That's what they call it. It's sneak disses. It's a, you know, you're, you're, you're dissing them, but sneakily. 
you know, and, and so it's a sneak diss. Like, hey, man, no sneak disses. It's the truth. All again, it's not about according to their needs that may benefit those who listen. Who is listening to what you're saying? Who's listening to what you're saying? Regardless of the situation, regardless, what are you saying? Right? Um, I want to I want to go jump to um, um, Mark chapter Mark chapter ten verse sixteen. This is Jesus, right? Jesus is our example. Jesus is our example. Jesus took the Mark six uh, uh, ten sixteen. Jesus right here. He took the children in his arms placed his hands on them and blessed them. The word blessed here, here means, uh, it's another word, it's it's a prophetic word about what is there but not yet seen. That's what this word means, blessed, in this passage, that Jesus took the children, laid his hand upon them, and gave them, and gave a prophetic word about, what was there but not yet seen? We see Jesus doing this. So moms, dads, guardians, I'm telling you, you have this, this availability to see, see things about your spouse, see things about your children. That you can be speaking out, not sarcastically, or not trying to get them to do what you want them to do. Spirit of God shows me that you're supposed to take out the trash. You know that's all. That's that's manipulation is nothing to do with God. Manipulation is 100 percent the enemy. There's no manipulation for those who are in Christ Jesus. <laughs> it's the truth, but it boils down to it's all about them. And we have to be very, very careful when it comes to our words. We do. We have to be very, very careful. There, there's times in, my, in our marriage that I just look back and if I, I could take an eraser. I wish I could erase this because our children were around. There's a weak moment for one of us. For me, I'll say me. You know, and, 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 you know, and I look back and I'm like, oh, how much of that are they going to remember? But all I can do is do right now. Do, you know, do, do right from then on. Right, and just continue to keep moving forward. But what we have to do is make an atmosphere and create an atmosphere. It doesn't matter how old they are. You can have teenagers that, or you can have children that are in the, 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 late, the, the later stages of their teenage years. They're still living at home. But you can still, still make changes that will impact them. Because we have to be careful. What we have to do is make words our priority in our home and what we're speaking out over them. What we're speaking to each other, it's so important because what, 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 gen, excuse me, what one generation finds optional, the next generation will find unnecessary. What one generation finds optional, the next generation will find unnecessary. So I challenge you, mom and dad, who think that it's okay for your kids not to come to church on Sunday. I challenge you to say, oh, if it's, if it's Sunday outside, we're going to do some that, blah, blah, blah. I challenge you. I'm not saying you have to be, you know, like bound to that. But I challenge you because if it's a constant thing, man, I tell you what, what one generation finds optional, the next generation will find unnecessary. And I believe we see that today in the church. I believe we see the repercussions of that statement today within the church. It is so important to speak out. So important. Jesus did it with the children. Jesus. So important for us to have words of life. I mean, the Bible talks about it, right? Life and death are in the power of the tongue. What are we speaking? Are we speaking life? Are we speaking death? We have to be careful about rebellion. 
well, I don't do that because I'm I, it's just not me. Is, 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 there reason, is the reason why you don't want to do that? Is it straight up rebellion? Because it puts you in a position of being vulnerable. I'm telling you, don't, don't, you're not doing, you're not speaking life for your own benefit. When you're doing it for the right reasons, when you understand the reasoning why, I mean, go back and read. I mean, understand, reread, break it down, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. It's very powerful when you break it down and you just chew on each and every word. Read before you heard you've heard me say it before. You've heard other people say it before. Read the read the, the 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 verses before it. Read the verses after it. Get its full context of what was what Paul is talking about here. Because it's a very valuable piece of information that is missing within many of our homes today. Because we think just because what we're going through right then, it's okay to confess that. But we don't live in that. We need, we need to rise above that and see what God says about it. Yes, understand. Talk about, evaluate where you're at. I'm not saying you can't speak. You can't say, well, you know, what's going on? We can't say that because that's not faith. No, no, that's, that, that's religion. That's bondage. That's, that's stupidity. That's the devil trying to get you like a dog chases tail. Or it was a cat or one of those two. I don't know. I don't know. I had a dog who had no tail, so I didn't, never saw that. So, you know, I can't tell you. So, and, I don't, and I don't do cats. So I can't tell you. I have to, you know, live vicariously to other people. So I can't tell you which one. It's like an animal chasing its tail. It's that way. But the bottom line is it's, just, it's like, no, evaluate where things are, right, with your spouse, single, single moms, single dads. Evaluate. Talk to God. But then once, okay, here's, God give you the answer. And then, then immediately, don't, don't take, let me tell you something else. Let me say something else while I'm at it. You know, take the time to get the answers that you need from God. If something is taking weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, let me tell you, God is big enough to give you the answers that you need. Here's a challenge. Are you ready to hear what he has to say? I, I'm just, you know, do what you need to do. Block off. I remember my father-in-law used to say this all the time. When he needed a big decision, he used to, he used to go, um, uh, you know, back then, let me talk about, I don't know how many years ago, but he used to go to a hotel and tell Pastor Patty where the key, you know, here's the key, the extra key to the room, but I'm blocking myself off for two or three days until I get an answer from God. I remember he used to talk about that, you know, and he she used to have a key to the room where she could walk in anytime on. Accountability. It's big. It's important, right? She had accountability. And he would take that time and then, boom, be done and have an answer and then go. But once you get an answer from God, you, you talk to God about whatever is going on or the situation, you get direction and then walk it out. That's when you stop speaking negativity. That's when you, you speak life. That's when you speak what the word of God says. You see the difference in the balance of the two. You can't say, oh, we can't talk about it because it's not faith. No, discuss it. Come to a, come to a decision. We'll find out what the word of God says together. Be in agreement. Stand in agreement. Then move out and then speak the word of God from that point on. Is the people get so confused. It's, it, but it really is that simple. But what's missing, what's missing is the talking and getting in agreement together. That's what's missing. And so it's important for each and every one of us because the, 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 the words that we speak are very powerful within our homes. And I'll say this. If there's been negativity spoken over your house and you've made the mistake, you've made the challenge of, of, of doing, uh, of saying the negative over the positive, I'm, not, I'm telling you there's, there, there's, there can be change. There can be change, but you've got to be committed to that change. You've got to be committed to say, come hell or high water, I am doing what the word of God says. And I will tell you this. Um, I, will, I, will, I would encourage you with this. You might, things might get a little worse before they get better. 
Because the enemy does not want you to walk this out. And those of you that say, well, I'm not going to do anything because I don't want it to get bad, then you don't know who you are in Christ. You don't know who you are in Christ. You, know, you do not know who you are in Christ. I can't say it any other way than that. You don't know the authority that God has given you to walk in that fullness, that, that, that the devil is under your feet, just like the word of God says. That you have authority. You have authority to tread over serpents and scorpions, all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means harm you because of the blood of Jesus. You, don't, you, you have forgotten who you are in Christ. But I'll tell you, all these things, there's just a decision and then that's it. If you say, you know what, I've forgotten who I am in Christ. You know what, I have done that. Let me tell you how to, how to change it. Say, God, forgive me. I've forgotten about that or I've let that go. I've let the situation get on top of me. God, forgive me. And then the Bible says he forgets. He forgives you, then forgives it. Forever, yeah. And as far as the east is from the west, and if you do the math on that, it's a continuous, you know, it just it never ends, right? So as far as the east is from the west, he doesn't remember it any longer. So that means that you have grace and mercy that are getting ready to jump in on your behalf to help you along the way. Just don't lose heart. It didn't, it, it didn't get you over, you, you didn't get to where you are right now in your home overnight. It took maybe some weeks, it maybe took some years to get to where you are. So it may take a little bit of time to have that culture shift. But it starts with you. And I've seen teenagers, I, teenagers are in the house, young people are in the house. I've seen teenagers change the atmosphere of their house because their parents weren't taking their spiritual place. I've seen teenagers walk in to a home and because where they, they, they brought, they walked in Jesus, Jesus in their hearts and pure heartedly and they did everything they possibly could to honor their parents even though they were not doing right, walk in and change the atmosphere of their home where in the end their parents came to know Christ. So I've seen teenagers make that, make that change within a home. It's all about the right heart motive. And it's never about you. It's always about them. Just like Jesus, it, was always, it, was, it wasn't about him. It was always about them. Amen. Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you, Father God, that, that we, have, we, we are here today. Father, that I believe that there's a this holy moment right now where individuals within the sound of my voice understand how to speak life over our homes, how to speak life over our marriages, how to speak life over our families. And Father God, I thank you. I thank you for this moment right now. And if right now, uh, uh, Father God, individuals that may have made this error, Father, just as your word says, there, now there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Right now, Father God, I pray that individuals just right in this moment, in this holy moment, right now, just get things right with you. I encourage you in this moment, church, if that's you and you've made some errors, you know, a uh, 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 mom, dad, a uh, um, young uh, uh, child that you live in a home or, or uh, you know, you've made those errors, right now talk to God. Just say, God, forgive me. God, forgive me for not speaking that life. Forgive me for not walking in unity. Forgive me. Take that moment right now. You and God. This is one of those holy moments. I believe that 
homes are going to be changed after after today. We're going to start seeing homes changed, atmospheres changed. Christian homes aren't just Christian homes. They become Christ-centered homes because of the Word of God that's spoken over each home, over each spouse, over each child. Now here's what I want you to do. I want you to look at me for a second. Those of you that said, hey, I did, I took that moment when I got things right with God. And I don't know, maybe you have more to talk to him about. And you're married. I want you to, before the day is over, I want you to talk to your spouse. Oh, come on, John. Now you're pushing it. I could talk to God. You know, it's easy because, you know, you don't get automatic response. But here's the thing. Talk to your spouse. Spouse, if your spouse, it's hard for me to break this down, but one spouse talks to the other spouse, whoever did the initiating, let them initiate. Don't talk over them. Let them talk and share their heart. Hold off and just take it in. Listen. A lot of times when we interrupt each other, we're not listening what the other person is saying. All we're doing is thinking about what we want to say. Listen to what the other person says. Wait 10 seconds, then respond. For some, I'm just, I, just, I just helped you guys how to communicate to each other effectively. Because so there are some in the house here uh, that just have gotten to a place where you're just talking over each other and yelling at each other. Prefer each other. It's vital. It's important. Talk. Because then you'll see that that unity will start to mend, start to be restored. Because when somebody comes out of a pure hardness to say, hey, listen, you know, I, I, I messed up. Yeah, you did mess up. No, they don't need to hear that. They don't need salt in the eyes. You know? I mean, just think about this. When you went to Jesus, when you went to God, imagine he did that. Yeah, you did mess up, Billy. Boom. Man, you a loser. I mean, it's not like that. He's not like that. He's like, I love you. You are amazing. You have such a plan and destiny for your life. I have such a plan and destiny for your life. What is it? All encouraging. It's all speaking, prophesying over you. That's what he is. That's what he does with us. So allow, talk to each other. Amen. And here's what I like to do. Now, now, now there might be some teenagers in the, or children in the house. I'm gonna say teenagers or whatever. My children in the house. Children, listen to this. I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge parents and guardians in the house. Over the next week, I want you to take some praying praying time. Right. This is a natural application because there's a lot of spiritual aspects that we talked about here. Natural application. I want you to take some time to either whatever you're comfortable with. But to go ahead and parents, to your children, let's start there. Take some time. Pray for them, your children. And then either, whatever you're comfortable with, shoot them a text. Take a moment, a couple moments, and just tell them the great things that you see about them. Even if they're rolling their eyes. Even if it's like, oh, just say, just listen to me for a second. Do it with love. Let me have like just three minutes. Put your phone down, just three minutes. And just look and say, look, just look at me for a second. I love you. I believe in you so much. Your mom and I, your father and I, you're an amazing 
person. You can't tell me that wouldn't make a difference in a, in a kid's life. I would have done anything to hear my mom say that to me. Because you know why she didn't? Because it was all about her. It was all about the mistakes she made that she couldn't get it to that point. But if we just do what, if we just listen to what the Bible says, what Paul was talking about in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, that, it's, that it isn't about us, it's about them. And, who, and to pour into them. Because if we don't, the world will. The world will. One generation deems unnecessary. The next generation will, will, will do without. And it's vital. It's vital. And if you're in this place and you're a child and you're like, oh, great, I got that coming to me. Good. You're the first one that needs to hear it. Because that's your attitude. You need to have life spoken over you. You need to have the love of your parents wrapped around you and say, you know what? They believe in me and they love me. The, the love of a father and mother, it's very powerful. A, a, a child can feel like they can do no wrong when they have their family support. I mean, to just feel like I can do anything for God. You have my mom, I have my dad, and I have my God behind me. What more do I need? I mean, you have your, your, your parents cheering you on. You have your family cheering them on. I mean, I'm telling you what, what? It's an amazing, that's what the devil doesn't want to happen. That is a family that's in unity. That is a family that puts, God's fir puts God first and is able to make a difference community, in their sphere of influence and in the world. And so, listen, like I said, all of this starts with a relationship with God. And so, if you don't have a relationship with God, if you do not, I don't know everybody in the room, I don't know where you stand in your relationship with God. You've never asked Jesus in your heart, and you would like to. Or maybe at one time you did, maybe when you were younger, or maybe you know, a few years ago, maybe just recently, but I tell you what, if you've never asked Jesus in your heart, or if you've done it one time, if you have it one time, and you stepped away from the things of God, and you would like to be your relationship with God restored, on the count of three, I want you to lift your hand up, and we're going to pray right now. We're going to pray right where you're at. And then, um, and then we'll be dismissed. So even if you're on the other side of that screen right now, no matter where you are in the world, I want you to lift your hand up. You say, well, Pastor John, I'm the only one here. That's okay. God sees that hand. And we're going to pray because I believe there are people on the other side of the screen, even on the playback, even when they, when they rebroadcast on Wednesday nights, even if somebody watches it on, throughout the week on, on BoxCast or Facebook or, 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 or YouTube or whatever, whatever platform they use, but somebody be watching this and they're going to want to lift their hand up because this is hit home with them and they say, oh, I want to have my relationship reestablished with God. I need to give my life over to God. If that's you in this room, I want you to lift your hand up on the count of three. One, two, Three, looking at my my right, my left, your right, right now. I'm looking across the room. Anybody? Just if you both say, "Yep, that's me." Looking across the room. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Anybody else want to join my sister? Praise the Lord. Yes, sir. Thank you. One of us stand up. Let's pray with the brother and sister and those on the other side of that screen right now. I want everyone to repeat after me. Say, Father God. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for what he's done on the cross for me. Thank you for dying on the cross and rising again on the third day. God, I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. The blood of Jesus washes me clean, giving me a fresh start, a brand new life in you, God. And today, Jesus, I declare you as the Savior of my life. And I make you the Lord of my life. 
I will put you first in all things. Thank you for believing the best in me, God, and for a new start in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.